Welcome to The GAC Files, a podcast about the people, issues and ideas driving Global Affairs Canada. Bienvenue au dossier d'AMC, un balado sur les gens, les enjeux et les idées qui animent Affaires mondiales Canada. And now, introducing your host, Global Affairs Canada's Deputy Minister of International Trade, John Hannaford. Voici votre animateur, John Hannaford, sous-ministre du Commerce international d'Affaires mondiales Canada. Uh, bonjour, Antoine. Ça va? Très bien, merci. Excellent. Hello, everyone. This is another one of our phone-in podcasts for the GAC Files. And uh, this week, we're going to be speaking with Antoine Menjimba, who is an associate partner at Ernst Young in the People Advisory Services Practice uh, out of Toronto. And so this is an opportunity for us to talk about some of the issues that we have been Uh, pursuing in the department with respect to uh, inclusion, diversity, systemic racism, and to kind of learn the lessons from another context or another series of contexts, uh, which Antoine uh, has had a lot of expertise in. So Antoine, just as a sort of opening salvo on this this conversation, I'd just be interested in your background and how you got into this area of practice and some of the kind of key lessons you've drawn from your years of expertise in, uh, in providing advice to people in this area? Sure. Thanks a lot, John. It's a, it's a vast topic. So first of all, hi, everyone. Bonjour tout le monde. And I'm really happy and honored to be, uh, to be on that podcast. Uh, it's, it's a great opportunity uh, uh, to have, you know, to be able to discuss about such a sensitive topics. So as John just mentioned, I'm, a, I'm an associate partner at EY within our past people advisor and services practice. J'ai rejoint le cabinet Antoine Young en 2007 euh, dans notre cabinet de, de, de bureau de Paris. Et très tôt, j'ai euh, intégré l'équipe euh, Conduit du Changement, euh, where we help organizations navigate through a large uh, transformation. And I'm really focusing on the people aspect of these large uh, transformation. And uh, culture is one of the aspects of helping organizations navigate through a big transformation. So... Euh, très rapidement, euh, comment je me suis venu à, à, à m'intéresser à la culture, à la diversité, à l'inclusion Je pense que j'ai eu la chance de, de, de beaucoup, beaucoup voyager. Alors tout d'abord, mon papa est, est, est camerounais et ma maman est, est française. Et I like to say that I'm 100% white and 100% black. So I have a pretty objective sense of what racism is all about. Uh, because I cannot be on one camp. I'm, I'm really 100% on, on both sides. So... I like to understand what's going on and how we can help organizations, countries think about uh, what what it means to be from a, a minority. Donc, j'ai toujours été très intéressé par par ces sujets. J'ai eu la possibilité également de de, de voyager énormément. Euh, avant d'être un consultant, j'ai été un sportif professionnel et j'ai eu l'opportunité de travailler euh, dans pratiquement tous les pays euh, européens, également en Afrique du Nord, aux États-Unis et, et au Canada. And I love to say that I grew up in Quebec. À Québec, so uh, bonjour à tous nos uh, à tous nos compatriotes uh, francophones et québécois. So, so that's kind of the big picture of why I'm. We're we're struggling with the issues of systemic racism and the way that uh, I society in general is, but you know we're doing it in the context of the public service and in uh, which you know has its own sort of uh, specific aspects. But I'm interested in some of the uh, experiences you've drawn from the private sector, you've seen a whole series of organizations and a whole series of different milieux. Quels sont les lessons qui sont plus pertinents 
votre avis concernant notre situation actuelle. Oui, non, avec grand plaisir. Je dirais que euh, aujourd'hui, mon rôle, je suis le, le leader national de notre offre de services autour de, de la culture et de la diversité et de l'inclusion. Et je pense que euh, ce qui s'est passé récemment avec euh, George Floyd ou avec euh, Covid-19, Covid-19 a, a agi vraiment comme un uh, mind-frame glass, I would say. And organizations came to a realization that uh, their biggest assets are uh, other people. So they need to be more, uh, more people-centric. So I would say one, one of the big mistakes that organizations are, are, are making is thinking that diversity inclusion should be uh, kind of an add-on to their overall culture where diversity inclusion should be part of their culture instead of something that is an add-on that is an HR project. And why I'm saying right. that and why organizations that are successful are, are, are really uh, knocking out, uh, it out of the park is really, quand elles commencent, quand ces organisations commencent à comprendre que la diversité et l'inclusion, c'est quelque chose qui est absolument uh, un, un devoir. La, that's the right thing to do. Mais en même temps, uh, les organisations qui sont successfulles sont celles qui sont capables de, de, de lier uh, leur, leur culture, la diversité et l'inclusion, et plus généralement leur culture, à leurs objectifs à nos objectifs business. Et du coup, la conversation ne devient pas simplement quelque chose qu'il faut faire, mais quelque chose qu'il faut faire d'un point de vue sociétal, mais aussi quelque chose qui est important et qui a une certaine, une certaine logique dans le cadre de leurs impératifs business. So I would say, uh, there's a few things that organizations can do uh, uh, from the public or private sector. It's first, I would say, being open-minded. I think for years, you, you know, the, the black community or uh, minorities have been crying out loud that things are not fair, or uh, they are facing specific challenges. With what happened recently, I think the white community or the white colleagues are coming to a, an awakening, I would say, that, well, it, it's really bad. So the first thing that organization can do is really listen carefully, actively listening with an open mind, and accept that some of the stories are painful and ugly. Uh, as I said, I think also another thing that organization can do is start thinking of DNI as as being part of the culture, and as I said, not something that is an add-on as an HR program, but that's really embedded into who they are. And the next step will be to really think about uh, what do we mean by DNI? What are the specific objectives, and what are the, the behaviors that you want to see expressed within the organization that's really gonna gonna serve your purpose and really. Um, Um, be aligned with who you want to be et ce que vous voulez être en tant qu'organisation. Donc, l'idée d'avoir une description très concrète des comportements, ce que vous acceptez et ce que vous ne voulez pas voir, permet justement d'avoir une compréhension très concrète de ce que ça veut dire que la diversité et l'inclusion et de ce que ça veut dire d'avoir une culture qui est plus inclusive. Enfin, je dirais qu'il est important pour les organisations de vraiment euh, lier leurs euh, leur traits culturels qui ont lié à l'inclusion avec leurs objectifs, c'est-à-dire qui vous êtes en tant qu'organisation, quelle est votre mission, quel est votre purpose, and really having a sense that is broader than only, or it's the right thing to do. Enfin, il faut aussi s'occuper de façon très concrète de quels sont tous les process. I like to say you have to look at your HR process and protocols from hire to retire through the lens of diversity inclusion or the culture you want to have, and really designing some robust change management programs to support the organization that will adopt the new way, uh, the new way of being. And lastly, uh, you need to measure. 
So you need to agree what are the what are the KPIs, what are the key success factors, what are the the, the metrics that you want to see that are aligned with, with your business imperative and aligned with the, the the cultural objective or the diversity inclusion objective that you want to see. So it's a lot of things, but I think what is interesting when you start thinking in a more concrete manner, it will help. Uh, your people and your organization to really understand and align and what do you mean by diversity and inclusion. Right. That, that's fascinating and helpful, I think. And, uh, you know, like one of the things that my colleagues and I at the deputy minister level spend a fair bit of time thinking about is how we have responsibility generally for the culture in our organization. And we're, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is on us to uh, to set the tone appropriately and put in place the policies to represent the values that we we adhere to and feel are actually critical to the success of the organization. But are there sort of, what's your advice to people in leadership positions to most, to really ensure that um, the cultural change that we want to see happen is inculcated at all levels? And the KPI certainly is, is an important part of that, but yeah. I'm thinking more in terms of you know, culture change is brought about through a whole series of things, and that includes mm-hmm. um, leadership behaviors and leadership uh, communication. Yeah. And what, what, what's your advice to us as we uh, are engaging in these in these exercises? That's a very good question, and I think that the question is creating accountability at the leadership level. So, what I meant by creating accountability, and and it, it's a hot topic. It's designing some type of KPIs or metrics that are linked to the scorecard of the leaders. Because the risk is we can create a lot of laundry list of stuff that you can do, but at the end of the day, tone from the top, culture is driven by the leadership team. And diversity and inclusion, as I like to say, it's really, c'est un trait culturel. La diversité et l'inclusion, c'est un trait culturel de qui vous êtes en tant qu'organisation. Donc, créer cette responsabilité and that accountability at the leadership level is key. And I know it's a difficult topic, but really what I'm pushing for um, auprès des organisations, c'est de s'assurer qu'elles vont se mettre d'accord sur des éléments de mesure qui vont être liés à la performance des leaders. Et c'est là que, c'est, là que c'est très intéressant, parce que les organisations, ce qu'elles doivent faire, c'est vraiment réfléchir, pas simplement au DNI, the right thing to do, c'est vraiment réfléchir à qui, qui on veut être en tant qu'organisation et quelle est la place de l'inclusion dans le cadre de nos objectifs, des objectifs stratégiques, que ce soit des, des, des impératifs business dans le cadre de sociétés privées ou que ce soit des objectifs stratégiques dans le cadre de, d'organisations publiques. C'est, c'est là que vous allez créer la, la, la responsabilité au niveau des leaders et c'est là que vous allez les aider, les équiper pour s'assurer que les différents éléments qui vont être en place dans l'organisation, et j'aime à dire que the second most important topic is really looking at all the processes from hire to retire through the lens of the culture you're defining and diversity and inclusion. Donc vraiment, la pierre angulaire pour moi, c'est pas simplement mettre, c'est pas tout mettre sur le dos des leaders, c'est pas mon point, mais c'est de s'assurer que tout ce que vous voulez faire va être mesuré et vous allez créer ce sentiment de de responsabilité au sein de l'équipe, l'équipe des leaders. Donc ça, c'est un premier élément. Le deuxième élément, à mon sens, qui est vraiment très, très important, c'est s'assurer qu'il y a un bon niveau de, de connaissance. Et pour avoir vécu le racisme, comme j'ai dit, de tout au long de, de ma vie d'enfant ou, ou de jeune professionnel, d'athlète ou, ou de consultant, souvent, le racisme vient d'un manque de connaissance. 
Récemment, je, je parlais avec une de mes collègues euh, qui me posait des questions sur... Euh, euh, mais Antoine, expliquons un peu plus ce que ça veut dire que d'être noir. Et je lui parlais un peu de mes... De mes, de mes... Et j'ai trouvé que c'était une question qui était courageuse. Parce qu'aller voir un, un, un homme noir, il dit, explique-moi ce que ça veut dire que d'être un homme noir. Je trouve que c'est très courageux de sa part. Et on a eu une discussion sur ce que j'ai vécu de quand j'avais 5-6 ans, que je revenais de l'école et que je me faisais battre par des, des plus grands que moi parce que j'étais noir. De ma première journée, lorsque j'ai eu mon permis, j'avais 18 ans, je me fais contrôler 18 fois par la police. 18 times I've been pulled over on my first day of my driving license, up to being, you know, obviously discriminated by clients uh, as a consultant in front of my peers. So, and she was, she was shocked. She was shocked that, did that really happen? So, yeah, and I was at the same time, I was shocked that she was shocked. I was thinking, how come you don't, you don't understand, you don't know that? And then I realized, well, you don't know what you don't know. How could, she, how could she understand what I went through? Because she's so far removed from this type of microaggressions or aggression. So I think uh, in, in order to, to educate uh, leaders and an organization, being open-minded and educating yourself and listening to uh, these stories, they're not difficult stories, but what I see, the big change that I'm seeing is five years ago when I was trying to discuss a little bit about the discrimination I was going through, most of the time I was hearing, oh, Antoine, come on, it cannot be about racism all the time. And usually that sentence was a, was a, a deal breaker for me. I mean, okay, so there is no way I can have a conversation because they don't understand. So going back to what I was saying, I think creating accountability at the leadership level through a scorecard, that's something that is a must-have, but you need to educate yourself. You need to make sure that you're going to listen with an open mind whatever the, the stories of the various, you know, colleagues or minorities are coming to you. Yeah, I think that point uh, resonates. Um, you know, the, the, the degree to which you can create an environment where people feel safe telling their stories uh, and just fosters a greater sense of understanding through the system, recognizing that it's not, it, it again, it is on us as senior managers to be creating that environment and it's on us to be figuring out how you um, foster the, the strength of an institution in order to respond mm -hmm. adequately to this. But by the same token, I really do feel like it's important that, you know, as we are taking tangible steps and setting up KPIs and, you know, attaching accountabilities to um, this set of issues, that it's really critical that we are doing it in a way that's relevant to people who have been most affected by these kinds of um, issues. And so that, that, that openness just seems to me sort of primordial to the whole conversation. But I guess another piece of it is you, you mentioned sort of educating yourself. Are there resources that you recommend apart from the resources of our, our colleagues? But are, are there books, other, uh, other places that we can look to kind of improve our understanding of this set of issues that you recommend? Oh, gosh, that's a very good question. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many. And uh, nothing is coming to my mind. But what I like to do is I like to simply, you know, Google and find any type of resources around what it means to be black. And I think on Netflix, there's a lot of very interesting documentaries around uh, the, you know, injustice and uh, the stories of, of minorities. I think there's, there's so much, and uh, I, don't, I don't have a clear, you know, title of book or, or a documentary coming to my mind, but I think that, I think it's more around, you know, listening with an open mind. And I would say the opportunity that I see currently is 
it goes beyond, you know, anti-black racism. I think it's uh, an organization, a society that is discriminating based on the color of your skin. Of your skin. Most likely, that's an organization or an environment that will discriminate against age, sexual orientation, gender. And I think that's where we can push the envelope and not only looking at what it is to be black or brown in a country or in an organization, is how can we set up an environment that will unleash the power in humans to do the extraordinary? And I think that's where it's really, really interesting because, as I said, I mean, if blacks are not well treated in an organization, most likely women are not super happy. Most likely, uh, you know, older or more experienced uh, uh, professionals are not well treated. Most likely, the, the very young are not, are not well treated. So I do see, I'm optimistic by nature, and I do see that it's a great opportunity to, to accelerate that, uh, that uh, equity uh, concept. Yeah, I, I completely agree to all of that. And, I, you know, I think ultimately it is on us to figure out how we make sure that everyone can contribute to the best of their ability. And, and that will make a stronger organization and a more effective organization. And I guess maybe a sort of final question. You you uh, were a high-level athlete uh, as a goalie uh, at the international level. Anything for the world of sports that you think is sort of a relevant consideration here as we talk about the set of issues? Oh, that, that's a very good question. And I would say, I think elite athletes or elite sports are simple microcosms of our society. And uh, uh, being different, you're not, you're not protected. So I, I would say it's um, sometimes it's even more obvious uh, because sports are by nature more physical or more violent especially you know, when we talk about hockey or, or, or football or, or basketball. So I, I would say it, it, it helped me understand two things. That first, uh, you're, you're not protected because you're an athlete, but organizations are more open to uh, um, your, your performance. So I would say maybe it's easier in sports, in elite sports, to fight against racism because either you score goals or you cannot score goals. Either you're a goalie and you can stop bucks or you cannot stop bucks. So I think sports, and, I, and we've seen that, especially in, in baseball in the early 20s, you've been able to see some black athletes being successful despite all the hurdles and the challenges they were facing because they were simply good. So I think that's the, that's the beauty of sport is if you're good, you will be, you will successful. It's going to be, it's going to be, you're going to face more challenges, but you will be successful. So I think the lesson learned for me is if organizations are really open-minded and really they want all their people to be successful, it's not only going to be good for the society, but it's going to be good for the organization, for the business, because you will help the best of the best to come to the table and contribute for the greater good. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Well, look, Thanks so much, Antoine. Un grand, grand merci. C'était vraiment excellent d'avoir l'occasion de, de parler un peu aujourd'hui, and uh, we've really benefited from your wisdom on this set of issues. So thank you very much for your time. Merci beaucoup. C'est un vrai plaisir, un véritable honneur. Merci beaucoup. Thanks a lot. Salut. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us for future episodes of The GAC Files, a podcast about the people, issues, and ideas driving Global Affairs Canada. 
Don't forget to join the conversation online using hashtag GACFiles. Merci d'avoir écouté le balado et nous espérons que vous vous joindrez à nous pour les épisodes futurs des dossiers d'AMC. Un balado sur les gens, les enjeux et les idées qui animent Affaires mondiales Canada. N'oubliez pas de vous joindre à la conversation en ligne en utilisant le hashtag Dossier d'AMC. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future topics or guests, please send us an email at extott-ldce at international.gc.ca. Si vous avez des commentaires ou des suggestions concernant des sujets futurs ou des nouveaux invités, vous pouvez communiquer avec nous par courriel à l'adresse extott-ldce à commercial international.gc.ca.